Yeah, how are the gift baskets for this? Souvenirs. <laughs> anything you can fit in your bag. <laughs> well. <laughs> if anybody takes the cat, though. It's so friendly. It's anything you can fit in the cat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Uh, no. No. Star no. Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. So we're going to spoil all of Star Wars? Hey, you can't do that yet. That I'm seeing it Sunday morning. Oh my God, dude, it's been like a month. I know. I'm poor and don't have time. He was waiting for discount tickets. I was. Yeah. And has it been spoiled for you, you yet? No, longer. I'm really good at a, like, hiding it. Like, Until today. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, well, you didn't realize this was an intervention to spoil Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I am Philip. I am First we'll have a little chat. Then put on our Now it's time for Next Step Bats. And we're here today with the cast of Firefly, the continuation, the improvised... Uh, okay, okay. What is it? Improvised continuation. <laughs> the improvised continuation. Thank you. Uh, and uh, welcome, Firefly cast. Uh, if you would, please go around and introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Brian Smallbeck. And, and maybe say which character you play. I play Jane Cobb, mercenary. I'm Michael Blomberg. I play Simon Tam. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Peter Gilbert, and I play Captain Malcolm Reynolds. I'm Matt Kelly, and I play Book. Uh, Amy Nefsker-Banks, and I play Kaylee. Uh, Lizzie Gardner, and I play Zoe Washburn. I think. Elliot Stevenson, and I play Wash, or Hoburn Washburn. Hoburn Washburn. Oh my God, you guys are married in We're the married. show? Oh, what? Yeah. We're married in the show. Yes. What? Yep. Uh, Cheating. Awesome. <laughs> and then who's not here? Sophie, and she plays Anara. What is it? Brassard? Sophie yeah, Brassard. Sophie Brassard. Oh, and then Emily Townswick, who plays River Tam, Simon's My brother. sister. Sister. That's your, it. Your yeah. sister. Who, uh, in, in, in this version, does she kick a lot of ass? A lot of a ass, A lot yes. of ass. She's actually yeah. pretty acrobatic. She, she stretches. She's very flexible. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, she's I, a ballerina I, for the Alliance. I just picture her like on stage like pulling her arms across. And, uh, and oh, yeah. Like, you got to stretch before toes. you kick ass. Yeah. A lot of high kicks. A lot of high kicks. A lot of high kicks. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, well, well, we'll talk about the movie and the show in a little bit. But uh, as always, I am joined today by... Oh, Philip Simondet. I play creepy Philip. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just at that. And your host, of course, is Matthew McLeod, and um, I uh, also play Captain Mel Reynolds. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, twist! Yeah. Maloff. Yeah, sorry, Peter. Maloff. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know this until I thought that you guys didn't have a Mal. So, oh, and that's why we're I mean, coming to We may have yeah. to recast. Wow. I can, I can certainly step aside. For no, the right no, price. no, it's fine. I'll just. Uh, well, contingent on being on this podcast, Matt is in your group now, so you're going to have to find the <laughs> That's room. fantastic. Beaver. You, well, can you, play you Beaver. could play Anara today since Sophie's gone. You, you look like Anara. Badger. So. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, Beaver's uh, Badger's younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had it at one point. We did have <laughs> There was a lot of Beaver in that one episode. <laughs> Um, no, so you, you, so you guys put a lot of beaver in your shows as much as possible? A lot. Yep. So yeah. much. Okay. We try to. Uh, it tends to fill the seats, you know what I mean? Build yeah. a lot of dams. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I get it. You do uh, narrative long form. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the Firefly um, tropes and stuff like that in a bit. But let's talk about narrative first. Um, for, 
from what I understand from talking to a bunch of you, I, I know a lot of you guys, uh, for a lot of you, this was your first narrative experience. Am I, am I correct in that, in saying that? Yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So how has your experience been, uh, figuring out narrative versus, uh, standard, like say montage based, uh, scene work long form, um, and because uh, you guys have been at it for about a year now, is that about right? Yeah, pretty close to a year. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and so, how has it evolved over the course of that year? Your uh, your com- your comfort level with narrative and all of that. Yeah. Well, it sort of started um, when we first had our first show. It was like, okay, we just need to get through one show. So how do we do that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we got to run it huge, it became okay. How do we sustain this for eight episodes? Uh, and we've leaned on our because a couple of us had done have done narrative before, right. so we've leaned on them pretty heavily to to guide us. And then it was a matter of Peter and I figuring out exactly how we wanted to to format it, how to structure each episode. Right, Elliot and Peter, you two are the producers of the show. Is that yes. correct? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. Which means we lose money. We're the ones who lose the money. <laughs> so this was my first narrative experience, yeah. and so I was pretty nervous about it. And I like there's so I think the great thing about it is that you get a character and you get to have fun playing that character. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about making up a character every time you jump off the line. But then the challenge is how do you make that character interesting every time you're doing it? And how does your character fit into what's happening? And how can you have a story but still support whatever other stories are happening? So mm-hmm. we're getting better at that, I think. Challenge I had is uh, that the characters are already established. So you're trying to like fit into the expectations of the audience because they've seen the show. Right. So you're kind of like, I got to be this character everybody knows, but also add on to it, which is not part of the show, like of the TV show. I have to add things on to make him new and interesting. Well, I, I assume to uh, to bring your own version of that character to the stage. Is, is that fair to say? You're not just... Car- yeah, that's, carbon copying what yep. Nathan Fillion is doing or whomever else. Right. And uh, one of the things that Elliot sort of decided on when we got the run at Huge was to uh, use the hero's journey. Yeah. So you want to talk a little bit about that, just how that evolved? Yeah. So it's uh, when we got that run, it was, you know, how do, how do you do this for eight episodes? And this is Peter and I's first foray into producing and directing. And so well, we wanted to latch on to something that would make it easy. And so the hero's journey seemed like a good place to go for how do you make every episode interesting and how do you give us a direction for that? And so each episode ends up being a hero's journey for one of the characters. And it's not always, you know, one of the main characters like Mal or Zoe or Jane, but, you know, maybe Simon has a hero's journey and we discover something new about Simon, which is for me was really the interesting thing about taking this on uh, is so that we can discover new things about these characters uh, and give to the audience something new to discover. So it's not just trying to copy the show, but doing something new with it. Yeah. And I also found that um, through this, this is, this isn't my first time doing a narrative, but this is my first time doing a narrative with the same character each time and doing it for a certain span of time is you, you're given room to play of, of, of giving that character more richness I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about Firefly, it didn't go very long. So we have we have some stuff to work with, but there's right. still room to play and room to add detail that might not have been there and room for our, us to use our imagination and humor as to where those things might go, but to go how far? Because if you can't push it so, so far that it affects the entire, 
you know, it, we can't kill a person. All of a sudden, it's you know, we're th- those are the things that are happening, and then you're like, well, we actually have to really think about the consequences of those choices that we are making. So there's there's room to play, and yet we still have that boundary that we're against. So it, that's been really fun and challenging, and I like that. And that's actually a really good point. Um, the killing off of characters. One thing that we did so that we could actually do the show was ignore the fact that the movie even happened because right. we lose some characters in the movie that we wanted to play with. Uh, spoiler Spoilers. alert. <laughs> <laughs> so about Star Wars. Um, but to sort of dovetail on what uh, Lindsay was talking about, you know, playing an established... Uh, excuse me, Lizzie. Sorry. <laughs> Did you say Lindsay? I, I lisped. I'm sorry. I was. I meant to say Zoe and Lizzie at the there same time. <laughs> See, Lizzie, yeah. Um, just to dovetail what Zoe said. Um, you. <laughs> you know, we, we do have characters that we're supposed to play, and there are certain expectations for those characters. Um, and But the thing that's really sort of fun is that each character has his relationship with the other eight people on the crew mm-hmm. and um, you know trying to stay true to that is really sort of interesting as well because uh, Malcolm has a different um, relationship with Zoe than he does with Wash than he does with Kaylee and so that can be fun but it can also be challenging because you want to make sure that like I said you want to stay true to what is in the show but you also want to have fun and, and explore some things too mm-hmm. do you find that like as each show goes along do you do you build new canon uh, and do you kind of like think about that as like now that this has happened, this is now a new part of the history and going forward, we need to think about that and remember that. And, uh, and how does that work? Uh, do you, uh, it, it, is that even the case? Yeah, that's definitely the case. Okay. And that's, that's part of the reason that we we wanted to do it this way was mm-hmm. so that we could build new things for mm-hmm. the characters. Do you, do you have like a, an introduction at the beginning of the show that talks about potential like pertinent events or do you just uh assume that you know either it's going to get explained in the show or the audience like if it comes up whatever new thing has occurred how do you work with that it depends on uh what happened in previous episodes if there are big things that happen that really define a character or um, the show, then we will do a, a recap and talk about those things. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if it's smaller things, we just kind of play with it, and then it'll if it comes up in the show, we deal with it then. Right in the show stru- structure, you talked about uh, the hero's journey. Um, one, I'm interested in how you figure out whose hero's journey it is for that particular week. Uh, and two, do you incorporate things like B stories then? Uh, where there might be a secondary story rolling through. Uh, so, yeah, how does that work? Yeah, we uh, definitely include B stories. Uh, and the nice thing about the B stories is it helps with the theme of each episode, uh, which is very important when it comes down to that um, that last final decision of like, oh, they're facing this big problem mm-hmm. and be able to tie that theme into uh, that problem and help them solve it. Um, so, yeah. And what was the first question? Oh, uh, how do you figure out whose hero's journey it is? Carefully. <laughs> well, it, you know, when we've been practicing this, we've talked a lot about it and how, and how to figure that out. And uh, it, it's basically boiled down to, you know, in the first 10 minutes, something's going to happen or somebody's going to reveal something about themselves mm-hmm. that might need to be acted out in. Elliot and I sort of just talked about that. We're just going to say, okay, well, Kaylee, this is your journey. And that's what we did last week. Mm-hmm. Is it sort of done like the way a small town is done where, uh, where the characters just interact and interact and interact. And then all of a sudden something is 
picked out maybe even by a secondary like a character that didn't have that interaction and then they decide this is the important thing yeah for sure that's exactly how it happens um and we we refer to it as the significant event um and it can be really anything that happens in those first 10 minutes but it's the one thing that we decide is different than what uh, is normally happening so it's we spend that first 10 minutes kind of setting up what our normal is for the episode mm-hmm. and then something will happen that we'll all just kind of link on to like oh that was different than what we want it to be and so we're going to utilize that event um, and that change in a character to push them along on a hero's journey it's surprisingly difficult to do a day in the life when you're on a ship when you're just like <laughs> what what do i do <laughs> I, actually, I, I was gonna ask like have you ever had like a, a traditional bottle episode where there is no problem outside of the nine of you uh, where you know, you know what I'm saying? Well, it seems like a lot of our stuff actually, when we were rehearsing, was just the group of us on the ship dealing with each other in our own right. shitty situation. Um, it seems honestly, uh, for me, uh, doing it, it seems easier to have those interpersonal relationships because once we get to an, an another planet, holy crap! Now we got this whole other universe on the planet besides right. what the crap that's happening on the ship. Now we have all this going on. There's mm-hmm. there's 150 other things going through our heads, and oh crap now we have to do 25 other characters all right let's do this um but uh we definitely do the bottle ones i think some of some of the stronger things come out of the bottle relationships because it is that moment of of like the doctor and his sister trapped in a room together now they have to deal and she's breaking down or something's happening and they have to deal with that Uh, and plus the great thing about just the the show firefly is that in in the tv show they do such a good job of balancing the there's drama occurring or they're on this mission and there's there there are high stakes involved and also having that that other end of just everyday life occurring in the ship or just like you said like the b stories but like nothing is but but that's like where the humor and the deepness comes from and that's been really really fun to sort of play with and in the last few rehearsals we've really been working on that and it seems to it's it's starting to really shine through and i i'm excited for that the weedenness. The weedenness of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, I mean, speaking to that, like Joss Whedon has a very distinct style. Definitely. Uh, and Firefly had a very distinct style mm-hmm. um, that was able to uh, capture, you know, both like space adventure uh, that, you know, we, we've already talked off mic about how it has that Western feel to it in space. Uh and yet they swear in Chinese. Uh, they do swear in Chinese, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and everything's shiny. Um, <laughs> and uh, but they also managed to incorporate a lot of Whedon's trademark, like uh, dialogue style, comedy, uh, the pathos. Uh, and are you? Did you feel a responsibility to try to take some of those elements, or did you feel more freedom to? be like, all right, we're going to take the characters, but we're going to creatively take our own version of them. I feel like just trying to be those characters and, and sort of adding in the details, like, you know, obviously the accents, but also some of the, the special language and things like that. Not the Chinese, because we're really afraid of saying something like, <laughs> <Yeah>. terrible. <laughs> I mean, just saying something correctly. Yeah. yeah. Or just being just horrible. Um, but it's, I think it sort of springs uh, organically from just trying to play these characters, you know, those sort of situations in that dialogue. Well, I mean, I mean, Joss Whedon, the way that he writes is so, it, it is really unique and it's really, it's really fast. And mm-hmm. I, I personally, I feel the exact same way of, 
while I want to like uh, that's what I would want to have that happen I can't I can't push like a believe that I'm going to do that every single time oh, gosh, so the no. only way yeah. that I can really like try and make this as organic as possible is like trying to take on the character and making it my own mm-hmm. and finding those times where the, that dialogue or that kind of mentality is to take place but to try to do that I feel like as a whole and just have it, it I feel like it would be all encompassing yeah. like you wouldn't be able to think about anything else like am I am I am I doing this right? <laughs> Honestly, I think for everyone, it's a little bit of everything, a little bit of both. Okay, like because you you do have those characters that were created, you do have that world that you know he created, that everything that uh, that is there, and the general purpose of that that universe we live in that he created. But then the little details down break down even farther into our creation coming out of that. Right. So it's it's almost like everything he started is the inspiration for where we're at and where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just going to say that uh, you know they, there's a very distinct um, language that they use. It's very right. it's sort of Western. They say not nothing and things like that. And you know every once in a while when we're doing a show or rehearsal, I'll remember, oh yeah, we're supposed to be doing that, or I'm supposed to be doing that because uh, I'm so focused on the narrative and the character, you know. Right. And this is you know I won't I won't lie to for me this has been one of the hardest things that I've ever done is you yeah, know I've done plays but a narrative improvised show that people love and may kill you if you don't get it right right you know so that's why we have an armed guard who takes us out to our cars <laughs> yeah so our first show that we did my husband and friend uh, my friends went and saw it of course but uh, we're geeks and nerds and so i got corrected afterwards on how kaylee actually speaks and so oh. that was helpful but yeah, and to show support, I, to show support, I unfriended her husband on Facebook. Just oh. to show <laughs> wow, yeah. wow, I'm, I'm loyal to my crew. <laughs> well, I, w- I would imagine it would take a lot of research and perseverance to really take the like to break down what makes Whedon style Whedon style, and to try to incorporate it. I mean that. But have did you guys do some research, like watching the show, and how how did that go in trying to? Or do you still watch, like, go back and watch the show to oh, to yeah. try to bone up on stuff? Definitely. And yeah. We also at the beginning when we first started rehearsal, we had um, Damian Johnson come mm-hmm. in and coach us a few times. And during that time, we did a lot of brainstorming sessions, a lot of like, what are the worlds? What are the things that mm-hmm. we can pull from? What are the villains? What are what are the things that they need that they require? What are the things that each crew member requires? And mm-hmm. really did like a brainstorming session of how this sort of breaks down and what we can, what kind of actual fact and stuff we can pull from. And that was really helpful to have. Yeah, the biggest thing is going back and watching the episodes and, and really using josh whedon in the original show as inspiration to spin off of right because like everybody's saying it's impossible to there's no way that we could perfect it and make it exactly his and so to just live in it the way that we can live in it right yeah and and i don't think that you know had the uh show continued i mean those characters wouldn't have been the same characters in season two that they were in season one if they were we'd be we would we would stop watching it uh which is one of the things that whedon is so good about he's Mm. constantly evolving uh, by killing people, yeah, oftentimes by killing people that you love. Yeah, and I was just going to say, and one of the things we talked about just uh, as a group was that for each character, you know, at the beginning, think about what you want your character to be at the end. You know, go ahead and try to figure yeah. out what your arc is going to be, and then every show, you're sort of trying to get there. Awesome, that's a great idea. So, uh, do you feel like it it has been freeing uh, in a lot of ways that uh, you you have this? 
I mean, it's sort of like I think about this almost every episode, but uh, it's sort of like the idea that if you if you give a a kid a canvas to and say draw, it's fucking hard. Uh, but if you tell them to draw their favorite train, they'll go to town. So it's like you've given yourself this canvas to work on, and you know what you're drawing. So do you find that the creativity comes easier in in a lot of ways than than in other improv shows that you've done because you have the these tools to work with? I I, I don't. I mean, the show sounds really hard, it, but yeah. in some ways, it sounds like you've set yourself up to win at the same time. But that, that that's the great thing about narrative. Um, I've been doing narrative for quite a while, uh, but it feels like. We, we, like when I started doing narrative, we put a ton of restrictions on us. We put a, mm-hmm. just a ton of them on. I was like, uh, not necessarily for this show, but for uh, just to kind of learn that. Okay, then we start ripping things away, start pulling them away, yeah. and now all of a sudden it becomes like a second language in your head to like, oh, I could use that as a technique. I can use this. I can do that. I can do everything. And so after a while, you just your brain goes auto there. So mm-hmm. like with Firefly, once you get all the knowledge in, once you get uh, kind of that basic sandbox that we've built ourselves it's just go time i mean having that character having those knowledge of those planets of what the alliance is what this is what 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 reavers are we don't need to worry about creating that on the spot like a normal improv set and be like oh yeah this is how my character reacts let's go let's do this it's just an actor being on a stage doing a play uh and it it just for me it frees up i have to think less Mm -hmm. i just have to think about how i emotionally going to look on that stage and how is my reaction honest and true to what's happening? Mm-hmm. I can um, I can say that for my character Zoe, uh, for me it's been a challenge, only because as an improviser, I am a far more emotional <laughs> <laughs> whirlwind. I've never found that. Never. <laughs> um, and I feel like I play far more from that, and mm-hmm. the character that I play is. Uh, in control of that mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, doesn't show it often so for me it's always been a yes I know what my character has to be and it's for me it's almost a challenge of like what the habit that I've become so used to mm-hmm. as a natural improviser to say to myself listen <laughs> you can't do that right now you gotta really think so for me it's been a it's been actually it's been really helpful for me to notice what my actual improviser quirks are mm-hmm. and to play against that and be like, okay, so that's something that I do normally. And to know that is kind of nice now that I've been playing mm-hmm. this character that doesn't do all the things that improviser Lizzie does. Right. <laughs> I find it more difficult because I'm thinking about what Simon would do. Right. Like, even when I'm just standing there, I'm like, how does Simon hold his hands? And I'm like, <laughs> why am I thinking of this? I should be thinking of other things that are more important. <laughs> But how does Simon? Yeah, how hold does his Simon hold it? Kind of like, quote, scaredly, <laughs> scaredly, delicately, yeah. delicately. I love how you've never worked a day in my life. I just love how you hold your hands Surgeon. up, like everyone can see you. That's listening, right? <laughs> everybody on the podcast, look at this. Ooh, magic. <laughs> Softest hands in the galaxy. Yeah. In real life and in the show. <laughs> right. So you're saying it's not a stretch for you to have doctor's hands? No. Okay. I, I just don't want, you. don't want to operate on us at all. That's, sorry, no offense. Just <laughs> oh, weeping. <laughs> it's part of my character trait. <laughs> now you you go from these characters that you've invested so many hours of of thinking about and figuring out how they hold their hands or uh, what character traits they have, how they talk, all of that, and then you also have to play every other character, which then 
the barn doors are blown off and you have just about nothing to go on uh, when you get down to certain... I mean, if you're playing a reaver, you're playing a reaver and that's probably... You know how to play a reaver. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but if you're playing, you know, random NPC number one, uh, then how... Is it easy... That's a dumb question. Uh, <laughs> how, how, how is it switching back and forth between characters that you know so well to characters that you have to, like in most improv, 100% create on the spot? Uh, I think it's it's actually kind of freeing because you're, you're okay. sort of like, uh, you're sort of stuck in this box, a great box, but you're sort of <laughs> stuck in it. And then you can go play this other person. And you really, when you do that, you really have to like play up the differences. Like okay. if I'm Jane, you know, the, the muscle... Not to toot my own horn, um, but then maybe he flexed. I'm, when he said he flexed. Yeah, sorry. He's not wearing a shirt. Right I just, <laughs> it tore when I flexed. He, he's uh, slapping himself in the face with his own pecs. You don't mind, do you? So where was I? Uh, so you really need to play up the differences. So I might, you know, my character might be old or hunched over, and the, the voice totally different. So it, mm-hmm. it's just it's kind of nice, kind of palate cleansing thing almost. Really, and the interesting thing is that the show's success actually is really heavily on the shoulders of the people playing the other characters, and not okay. so much on the, the like the Mal's and the Janes and the Zoes. Because without those other characters, Mal is just talking to himself, mm-hmm. and that's not exciting. But I mean, <laughs> well, he does do that well, occasionally. Oh my god, fan theory! What if he actually was <laughs> talking to himself the whole time? It <laughs> sounds like that show Dallas from. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think as much as a lot of us don't like conflict, I mean, if you don't have conflict in a, um, in a any sort of show, then the show is just flat. Right. I also think that um, we are really good at supporting each other. It seems to me so far a lot of us will go out in twos if we're playing those mm-hmm. NPC characters to support whatever's happening. And so that makes it a lot less scary hmm. so that you kind of know, oh, okay, so we're guards and we're stupid. So mm-hmm. that's what we're going to be. And then we do it. I don't think your guards are stupid. Oh. Um, they were last week. Oh. <laughs> you haven't seen how they hold their hands. <laughs> Finally, um, where do you want the show to eventually evolve to? Like, do you have an? I guess this is more of a question for the producers, but for everybody, do you have an idea of in your head of what you want this to eventually be? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you do. Are you uh, saying you want spoilers? Um, spoilers! <laughs> yeah, okay. spoilers. Uh, do you want us to plan our improv? But, <laughs> um, but I mean, as far as how it plays currently, uh, as far as like the mechanics of the show uh, versus what you would ultimately like to see. I mean, has it reached exactly where you want it to be? Or are, are there still things that you'd like to implement and, and see more of? For me, the big thing is I, at the end of the season, uh, our eight show run at Huge, I would love to discover something new about each of these characters. Because mm-hmm. for me, this is all just a, a big learning experience um, in trying to figure out how to do this, how to produce, how to direct, how to also improvise in a character. And so to be able to learn all of those things and see like, oh, hey, this really worked and this didn't, uh, for me, is the important thing. And then to also be able to see all of the people I'm performing with um, really experience their characters and find something new is really exciting to me. Yeah, and as far as uh, the structure of the show, you know, we've sort of we tweaked it. We we tweaked it from last week, and we'll be doing something a little different tonight. Spoiler right. alert! What? Yeah, news to me. I'm gonna wear shorts, German shorts. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like Elliot said, it's it's an evolution. Um, 
when we did the first show, it was really just to put the show on and then see if we could get a run somewhere. We've got the show. Now, how do we make the show better? And then every week, how do we make it even better? So at the end, there is uh, each person has followed their arc that they mm-hmm. intended. When we, ask, we ask everybody specifically not to tell us what their arc was, you know, because we don't want to know. I don't want to know that the doctor wants to have calloused hands, you know, because I might want to put him to work. Um, Jane may want to find religion. You know, we just, we want those to be internal uh, because I think that drives the character much more and it makes the interactions more real. And the other big thing we don't want is Josh Whedon suing us, so let's try to make it as, big, <laughs> as different as possible. So that's a good point. Uh, how about, that would be kind of cool, though, to have an injunction filed against us. Then we'd <laughs> sell I out. I did tell his no, ex-girlfriend no. two weeks ago oh, that well. we were doing this. <laughs> what? Um, so she lives in L.A., but... Oh. She's going abroad, and apparently the place that she's studying in Scotland has a, um, a class dedicated to Joss Whedon. Um, and she got into school by asking for his recommendation. <laughs> nice. And then broke up with it, man. And, and then, then broke she broke up. up with him. And then she broke up. As you do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After Christmas presents, though, right? So he does. He might know about this. Well, I mean, <laughs> the good thing is, is we're not making any money off of it. So. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> well, speaking of somebody who does art but never makes any money. Now's the time of the show where I throw the microphone over to Philip Simon Dead for a brand new segment that we call Philip's <laughs> it's a corner. Uh, hi, welcome to Phillips Corner, the uh, part of the show where I talk because so far nothing you've said has made any sense to me <laughs> at all. Uh, so, so we're gonna. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna stare in your eyes. I'm gonna ask you questions. Okay. And your tasks are two. Uh-huh. Make it interesting. And make it simple for me to understand. Oh, no. I can promise only one. <laughs> Brian. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it long and? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's, if it's a long N, mm-hmm. then that means that the other letters are shorter. So that it can be the same length as every other Brian. So, <laughs> I'm following. How many people? How how many mm. people are you taller than, and how do you deal with that? Wow, uh, <laughs> no softballs, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, how tall are you? Buddy? I'm uh, <laughs> could have just come out and asked. I'm six two and a half. Mm. Um, so you're taller than most people. Then I would say, let's go ahead and say 65% of the population. Ooh. I'm just going to okay. throw that number out there. If it's wrong, sure. That, then Amy's husband and all of his friends are going to come out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get corrected. Yes. They're really great people, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Until you're wrong. But how do you deal with that 65% of the world that's, that's shorter than you? Well. I don't because I can't see them. <laughs> they're less than they're lower than eye level. <laughs> not like you know, it's not you know, this is not like lower. No, this I'm is not like a good question. You're right. This is <laughs> terrible. This is awful. <laughs> I'm trying. You're drowning. I'm trying to help. You. Hey, Philip, strike one. Oh, <laughs> okay, that was a strike. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
Scooch. Scooch. Me and Michael are sharing a mic. Scooch. Michael. magic. Oh, hi. Scooch. Scooch. What's the grossest pet name you've ever given? That I've ever had or given? Both. In, I guess it was high school, my nickname was Your Biff Chili Chachos. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. It, I uh, probably blocked out of my memory. Somebody on the bus gave it to me. Say it again slowly. <laughs> Your Biff Chili Chachos. Chili Chachos. <laughs> that, that sort of sounds like one you'd give yourself. I did. Michael. I, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I might have. I've blocked it out of my memory. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know if I've given many people... I gave somebody, I think I gave it to him, and I was in marching band, and I gave the name Lufa to him. I guess Lufas are kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Philip, okay. strike two. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happens if he strikes out? I die. Oh, okay. oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> I'm here to help. Oh, Peter, please. <sighs> Is there anything you're more afraid of than dying? Ooh, that is an excellent question. I think I'm most afraid of finding out that I have a um, um, a set of twin kids that I didn't know about. Wait, and not just kids, but tw- you have twins? Twins, yeah. And why, they'd why be about worse? 17, and um, their mother would be a professional wrestler <laughs> and would come find me and say, these are your kids. I'm, I'm done with them. Yeah, so I'm sort of afraid of that. And then beat you up. No, she, she's, she's a non-violent wrestler. She's non-violent. That's what I would have been attracted to. Is she's tough on the outside and soft on the inside like yeah. me. The wrestler name is like Gandhi. Yeah. She gets to Peter, there's something I need to tell you. Yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of two twin kids that belong to you. I hope the other one's not a girl because she's going to be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Nice job. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Oh, God. Okay. There's a microphone. There it is. Hey. Oh, man. Hey. Yeah. What's up? What's the uh, the closest to the edge you've come? Any edge? (laughs) Pretty close. (laughs) Like, I I mean, like, do you want details or do you want to be like, no, it was, it was, it was a dark, dark time. Um, bad things, bad things happened. Very close to an edge. I am so close to an edge right now myself. (laughs) Please give me interesting details about an edge. Uh, How far do I want to go with this? Um, no, uh, I, yeah, no, I had a, um, yeah, it was, I, I had a bad time when I was younger. I did some bad things. And I would rather not get too detailed, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we don't. Uh, what do you think about the edge from you two? <laughs> That's what I meant to ask. Well, you see, it could have just started with that, and then it would have how close to how the razor's edge. Have you been or? to the edge <laughs> from you two? Like six degrees of separation. Oh, sweet! My car, like, like CD radio? in the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. Yeah, I'm sure if I really thought about it, but I'm, that's that's a lot of effort. Gosh, I'm sure somebody sat in your car at some point who has listened to that CD, who is connected in some way to the edge. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, can I just point out that it's actually just edge? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, edge. 
Um, I mean, I, 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 I kind too formal. I kind of wish I was, you know, saw Spider Man that because I was that much closer. But oh, uh, Link, Lincoln Park. What about Did you like that song? Clo- closer to the edge. <laughs> I, I, I think the song is one step closer, but <laughs> fuck you guys! I really hope that was a fireball. <laughs> Foul tip. Uh, did you play baseball growing up? No. Philip. <laughs> what I meant to say uh, is, what color are the baseboards uh, in your in your living place? Where you live, what color are the baseboards? I have carpet. Do I have baseboards? Baseboards go oh. around the edge, like by the carpet. Yeah, the edge. They, uh, the the edge. edge. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it's just edge. Just edge. Just hold back to the edge. But it's like the little, it's to, to make a nice transition between floor and wall. Oh, yeah. I think they're cream color. The, these things. They're cream color. Cream. Great band. Nice job. <laughs> you did it. Uh, Lizzie, what was your first job? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, let's see here. Let's... Uh, Bring the time machine back to uh, age 15. Whoa. I was an ice cream scooper. <laughs> Spell that. <laughs> ice cream and then S C O O P A H. Scoopa. At the Grand Old Creamery okay. on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. It was not great. Was it grand? It was, it was, I wish I could call it, it was grand on grand. Avenue, but I can't smell a waffle cone to this day without thinking of things. Why is it, why is it so bad? Just, uh, just you burn your hand on stuff. Sometimes on ice, ice cream, cream? <laughs> on the waffle cones. You had to make me later. I want to really give a shout cold. out to the Grand Old Creamery. They make their own waffle cones and with through their waffle batter. However, oh. it uh, you have to make them and through that you touch iron. <laughs> yes, and also the ice cream was sometimes too cold, so you had to take a pick and real, really get in there and you'd end up with just injuries and um you know what you're 15 you're like gumby bounce right back yeah. but the thoughts are still there how much blood have i eaten at old Grand <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what it, it it's been open for many many years so it's think of it just like a river of blood <laughs> wow philip Strike two and a half. What? <laughs> Simply for the grand pun. <laughs> oh boy, Elliot. Yes. Yes. This is all. Is all riding on this. There've been a lot of spoilers. What do you think the Star Wars spoilers are? You have not seen the movie. We may have given spoilers <laughs> during the interview. What do you think is the big things that happen in Star Wars? Ooh. Well, I'm guessing that uh, that uh, the female lead character is a daughter of a previous female lead character. That's just a shot in the dark. But low hanging fruit. That's that's a spoiler if no uh, one's seen. Uh, Talk about well, the droids. <laughs> there's a round droid. <laughs> um, otherwise, I I don't know. I heard it was very much like a New Hope. Like they just took the script from a New Hope. Incorrect. Um, but that's those people suck. Yeah. Really? There's lots of terrible people out there. So. It's based actually based on an f- old Fab, Fat Albert episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's closer, closer to the truth. <laughs> closer to the edge. Um, I'm, I'm hoping. Edge. Closer to edge. edge. 
closer to Ed. <laughs> I'm, uh, and I know I'm, you know, in the minority here, but I really hope that Jar Jar Binks makes an appearance. Maybe just, his bones I really, do. Really do. Yeah, maybe. But in any way, you know, I just I really need that voice to happen at least once. Yeah. You could do it. Yourself. Was that the voice yeah. right there? Was that? That was, yeah, yeah. The... that was my best impression. <laughs> Thank you. They can get sued for that voice, just so you know. Oh yeah, you think Whedon's gonna sue you, <laughs> Philip? Yes, Matt. Home run. Oh! That's been a successful Phillips Corner. Yay! Thank you so much. All right, are you guys ready to do a little improv? Yeah. yeah. Next up, Do you normally get a suggestion? Uh, yeah. We do. Um, I need the name of a Greek god. And if you don't know uh, one, you Hephae- can make one. Hephaestus. Hephaestus, and uh, also something. Goddess of, or God of the. Black, he's the blacksmith of the god. Blacksmith, yeah, yeah, he's the blacksmith guy. He's cool yeah. The blacksmith guy, God. Can yes. you say that slowly for me? <laughs> Hephaestus. Thank you. Hephaestus. Hephaestus. And also something you might see uh, in, an, in a Western movie. Wagon wheel. Yeah. <laughs> a wagon so wheel. you have seen a western. <laughs> <laughs> you've, seen, you've seen commercials about westerns. <laughs> so Hephaestus and a wagon wheel will inspire this set of Firefly, the improvised continuation. We cut to the mess hall where we see a long table down the center of the room uh, and up against the wall a bunch of food. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you what do you oh. call this stuff? Well, it's a family meal. Uh, we just call it Mima's Mima's chicken. I couldn't have guessed it was chicken. Oh, that's the trick. Yeah, Mima hated chicken. Yeah, she was like, it looks like she jellified it a little bit. Yeah, yeah it kind of looks like paste. Yeah, well, she blends it. Okay, you blend it. You take a chicken, oh, whole yeah. chicken, bones and all. Mm-hmm. Blender it until it's a liquid. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you bake that, 350, 40 minutes, whatever. Okay? You, then you solidify it. You put gelatin in it. Then you blend that. Then you Is get... Is gelatin for the taste? Oh, it's for the structure. Structure. The structure. Okay. Yeah, Mima mm-hmm. was big on that. You blend it again so it's liquid again. It's like mouthfeel. Get a good mouthfeel with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you add some you know vegetables. Mm. Your choice. It's a medley. Uh, blend those till they're liquid. Re-gelatin those. Bake it. Okay? Leave it out for three days till it just hardens. Uh, Freeze that oven. 20 minutes. 450. Okay? It's going to come out. It's going to be like a creamy texture. Blend that. Make it liquid again. <laughs> okay? Well, I'm going to go back to my book and eat crackers. It's a great. But thank you no, for Mima's, sharing your... It's chicken. Thank you for sharing your... Uh, Doctor, is, is this edible? Is this edible? Uh, really, the body can handle many things. This might not be one of them, but too much gel- gelatin. A lot of gelatin. Hey, did I make it in time for Mima's chicken? I heard we were having you Mima's ha- chicken you, in that. Wash, don't, don't touch it. Don't, mm. don't, don't. Sweetie, don't do it. look, it's no, so good. No, no. I love Mima's chicken. No. Get over here. Mm. Hi, hi, Simon. Um, is anyone sitting in the seat next to you? You, you can have my seat. Oh, you're, I you're need leaving. To go. Okay. Okay. Hey, Kaylee, you want some Mima's chicken? Mm. Oh, it's pretty good. It's been sitting out for. Two I'm days. I'm allergic to gelatin, everybody. Yeah, oh. but then you bake it, okay? That takes care of anything that grew on it in those three days. You guys don't know anything about culinary schools. Hey, is that uh, is that free chicken? Mima's chicken. Get in there. Yeah. Mm. Oh. 
We cut to the cargo bay. Hey, Cap. Have you tried this Mimas chicken? Please don't. And also, what are these people doing on our ship? Doctor, I make it a rule never to eat anything that is baked more than three times. Or purified in some sort of food processor. Honestly, that's a pretty good rule. I think I might take it on for myself. It ain't right. And as far as I know, it's not kosher. Is that right, Shepherd Book? Kosher. Well, it doesn't matter if we accept kosher or not, but no, it's not kosher. Can't you just answer the goddamn question? Well, it's not a Jewish... I just answered the question. <laughs> but as, as a rule, he's not Jewish, but as a rule, aren't all preacher-type folks supposed to learn about other preacher-type folks so you can answer questions in time of need? Correct. But I could care less if it's kosher. He didn't ask if he cared. I asked if it was. That's true. Doctor, you're absolutely right. And I said no, it wasn't. Another reason why I won't eat it, Doctor. I think everyone's just getting kind of snippy today because they're not eating. So how do you plan on remedying that, huh, Doctor? Well, I'm not a chef. I don't know. You're the doctor, and if everyone's upset... Well, maybe you should take some vitamins. Get off my back. Yeah, he's getting kind of limpy with us, Captain. Come to the cockpit, where there's a lot of lights lit up on a board. (laughs) And two chairs. Yeah. There's uh, one light uh, on the the console on the far left side of the ship. Uh, Just keeps blinking red. You ate it, didn't you? Yeah. I told you not to. It was delicious. Uh, What am I going to deal with later? You know what? I can't help it that I get gassy when I eat gelatin. Well, no, but you know that you get gassy. So, yeah, it's happening oh. now. Here's Look the, at this. Here, sorry, I should have blown that the other way. My bad. Yeah, thank you. I can taste it in my mouth. Appreciate it. It's pretty good, doesn't it? Here's another reason I don't eat it. Wash. Gelatin's a binding agent, which means you're going to have gas and be constipated. It's going to be like a rock coming out. A small ship. I told you not to. Well... Hey, how long has this light been flashing? You're the pilot. You tell me. Well, I was eating gelatinized chicken. You two were up here. We were talking. Wash. Military things. I can't trust you to watch anything, can I? It's not my job to watch it, Wash. You're the pilot. All right. I didn't hire you to eat. Suddenly the ship of serenity begins to shudder, um, and we hear electrical beeps, bops, and a couple cords spark uh, above Wash's head, and the hallway goes dark. Uh, Kaylee, can you please get to the engine room? I'm, I'm in there. I'm right. I'm there right now. I'm trying. What's going on? Uh, there's um, smoke and um, lights are going on and off, and I'm not sure yet, but I'll fix it. Smoke's not good, Kaylee. Can't work with smoke. It's more like mood lighting, steam. All right, I'm just gonna make an executive decision here and power down. I'm the captain of this ship, Wash. If I want you to power down, I'll let you know. That I'm I want you to power, power down, down, everybody. We kind of need to. Every uh, every space in the ship starts to go dark. Uh, Jane in his cockpit gets grabbed into darkness. We have the um, the dining in the mess hall completely go to darkness uh, on the chicken. We see that the chicken starts to glow slightly. First, a, a mild glow, and uh, and then a more and more intense glow. Cut back to the cockpit. So that's what your wife and I were talking about. The lack of respect that people seem to have for my ship and me being the captain. Well, you know, just like in general. In more of a general. It was it was more of a jovial conversation. In the darkness we see uh, Wash's stomach 
begin to glow through the uh, through the darkness. We uh, we see this uh, just just faint faint glow that uh, begins to uh, be you go see, brighter and brighter. You can see his veins through his stomach lining. It's real gross. And and we can also see a uh, a full apple with like one bite taken out of it, also uh, silhouetted in his stomach. What are you, a snake? I was hungry. Just swallowing apples whole? You have a problem with that? Well, first of all, share much. Second of all, there isn't a lot of apples on this ship, and you've just taken one and swallowed it like an anaconda. Sorry, sweetie. Also, did we stop circulating the air? Because it smells awful in here. Yeah, that was that's my bad. Yeah. Wash, I'm going to see if you'll listen to me as your captain. Get down to the med bay immediately. Oh, yeah, that too. Okay, that, that sounds like a good idea. We cut to the med bay. Wash is now sweating profusely. And Wash, what the heck? Doctor, I, I, this is, doesn't feel good. I, uh, I think it's because you just ate a whole apple. I can see it in there. <laughs> I don't know. Lie down. That ha- that's happened multiple times. I don't. Know. I, I eat apples like that. That's how I eat apples. I just. I just well, you probably uh, should stop because I'm. I'm. Oh my god, you, you smell horrible. It's just a, the glow continues to expand across his whole torso now. Now up to his chest and his shoulders, we can see his heart uh, thumping faster and faster through uh, through the chest cavity. And from between his legs, um, a, a cloud starts to seep out it's also sort of fluorescent and uh sparkly and continuous it doesn't stop <laughs> it, it burns doctor it burns i'm gonna i'm gonna inject you with some diaphragm <laughs> some medical serum it might help with this decongestion and your uh bowel problems okay, okay go ahead. it hurts do it quick. I did. It still hurts. Yeah, it burns. It burns. Don't you smell my butt hair is burning? I can't. <laughs> I'm gonna put you out and then I'm gonna cut you open. That's that's. Night. Cut back to the oh. cockpit. Kaylee, are you there? Uh, yep. Uh, how are we doing on the getting things running again? Well, you know it's real dark in here. Yeah, okay. You need a flashlight. I have one. Do you have a flashlight? I can find something if this will make the air circulate again. Oh, the air's not circulating. It's definitely not. We're all in the midst of a gaseous situation right now. Um, I'm not sure if it's safe or not. Also, it's awful. Oh, I can turn on that, I think, without anything else, you know, having now, the mood smoke lighting. It, please. Okay. okay. Thank you. Zoe, let's continue our conversation. I really I love didn't, nothing more. I really didn't care about Wash's health. I just wanted to get him out of here. That is... That's a little harsh, Captain, don't you think? He's starting to be a drag on us. He is Zoe. the pilot. <laughs> I understand that, but he's moody and he doesn't take care of he's himself. He's got a lot on his mind. What does he have on his mind? What is it something you would like to share with me? It 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 isn't actually. It's it is personal of in nature. And well, I'm sure that you can respect some boundaries, right, I, Captain? I can, can respect can some you? boundaries, but when it affects the ship mm. and the rest of the crew, mm. I think it's something I need to know, Zoe. Mm. Cut to Wash's fever dream. <laughs> There's a swirling gaseous mist that Wash starts walking through, and it looks like he's walking into a new world. Wash, my good man. <laughs> hey there, Reaver. Well, you looking mighty fine today. <laughs> You're not going to try and eat me, are you? Wash, how many babies am I holding up? Five? 
Hi. We, we see that the Reaver is actually holding 47 babies. And is wearing a tuxedo now. In the distance, we see actual living giant dinosaurs. Reaver's face is all melty. Oh, what are you... So many babies. We hear the sound of a deep bass guitar banging in the back. Each of the babies suddenly has uh, Captain Mel Reynolds' face on it. Oh my god. Everything is green now. Wash, tell her how you feel. She, she knows. She knows I want a baby. Wash, don't trust the newbies. Everything is blue now. <laughs> is everything changing? Wash. Pants are for losers. Everything is yellow now. Suddenly he has no pants. You can hear the sound of a middle-aged man screaming music in the background. (laughs) You can see the music. It's red. It's actually Yoko Ono singing. (laughs) Wow. Do you know what you must do? I'm going to take charge and tell Mal... I'm not going to stand for it anymore. The coughing continues. <coughs> Everything is purple now. Come here, boy, Wash. Soon the babies will be in you. Wash realizes that it's him coughing. <coughs> I can't, I can't, <coughs> Let him grow. Let him grow. The gases continue to swirl faster and faster around Wash until he's completely smothered in it. <coughs> and he wakes up. Oh, you're awake. That was the weirdest thing ever. Wash, I have some bad news. There seems to be a parasite inside of you. A bad one? Uh, most parasites are bad, so yeah. Can you get them out? Nope. Can you give me my wife, please? Uh, sure, I can try. I'll don't go anywhere. What's the situation, Doctor? He has a parasite inside of him. Captain! Again? <laughs> I have something to say to you. Say it. Should I be here for this? You should be here for this. There might be some patching up to do. His face glows. This uh, this creepy green glow that has been going up and up, and now we can see uh, like the silhouette of his skull uh, with this bright green glow coming out of his face. Your wife might not like the smell of you, but I sort of enjoy it. It reminds me of death, and I've seen a lot of death wash, so what do you have to say to me? If you don't back off and let me and my wife have our baby, it's going to be you that's dead. Well, maybe she hasn't told you this, Wash, but your wife doesn't want a baby. Uh, I'm going to intersect here. Just walked in the room and things look mighty uh, tense. Is something going on? Your husband told me to back off. Uh, I just told him the truth. Your husband has a parasite. He also looks like he's a living x-ray doctor. Are we doing something about that? I am trying. I have... (laughs) There is a way to get it out, but I don't know if you're going to like it. There's a lot of things I wanted to see about my husband, but his brain is not one of them. It's bigger than you thought about, right? It's a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, that's That's an optical illusion from the convex nature of the skull. Mm. Hey. Still, this is quite disturbing. Also, Captain, what what is happening here? What what why are we distressing the patient? I was just explaining to your husband that you told me you never wanted kids. Maybe you haven't shared that with him. Yeah, twenty years ago, Captain. Lots this, goes yeah. on. This might be a good time to interject on how we can save him, but I don't think you're gonna want to. Like, you're not gonna like it. Do we have to cut his penis off? Very close. He does need to be castrated. Yes. I volunteer. 
But what? hold on. What? You, you all need to leave. You? Sweetie, it's now or never. What? I, it's, I, I'm going to lose the ability. It's now or never. You all have to leave. This. What? I would not recommend this. I would this normally a high-pressure situation. I would normally not interject I, here, but I would sort of like to see you get it on with this fluorescent not. version of Wash. Mm, I'm this the boundaries, Captain. Remember what we've just spoken about. I think you all need to leave. and we're gonna. Also, this med bay has windows. That's fine. They can all walk away. It's no. now or never. We... This is a high-pressure situation. We cut to I... just outside the windows where the two newbies are watching this whole thing go down. Damn. Yeah, this is pretty crazy. Hey, uh, what's going on? Oh, oh, you can see inside this guy. Yeah. What? Yeah, and I think they're about to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it, it looks like yeah. this might turn into a whole show. Right? I'm glad I left my bunk. Uh, yeah. You want some chicken? That's uh, I already finished the stuff that was in the mess hall. So Delicious. if you got any more, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm willing to. Jane is glowing a bright yellow at this point. So, so are the other two. And you can see how small his brain is. <laughs> hey, I got a question for you. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was like I was in my bunk and uh, it's pretty dark, and, uh, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, what, was it because of this glow? I don't know what it was. I didn't really think too much about it. But, yeah. uh, With Jane glowing, you can see all the bullets that are still inside of him. <laughs> There's even a knife stuck in his shin. I mean, I'm making all these discoveries about myself. Like, I do not remember getting shot there. I remember getting shot there. And I remember getting shot there. But there, I... <laughs> you can also see a My Little Pony wedged next to his <laughs> appendix. And that, oh, that was... A very strange night. I don't want to go into, but anyway, I, 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 I just wanted to commiserate because I, I noticed that you guys are you're kind of see through and, and. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm uh, I'm looking for Cap. Hey, uh, why you're glow all glowing? Uh, do you want some chicken? It's really remember, good. I, remember, I'm allergic to the gelatin. Oh, the, the uh, stuff was made without gelatin. I. Thought I overheard the yeah, I made gluten, very extensive free gelatin free batch. No, you know, I'm, no. I'm okay. I I need to I need to find sure? I need to find the cap totally so kosher. so I can talk to him about what's wrong with uh, the engine. Hundred percent kosher. You want some Papa's pie? Yeah, I really I think it's great. You're on the ship with us, and I really love getting to know you and and stuff. But um, Kayla starts backing away. I, I've, I've I've got some uh, homemade hooch. Do you want some homemade yeah, hooch? Some uh, of, uh, maybe, maybe later after uh, I fix my baby. But um, looking for the and looking for Cap, so we can talk about what's wrong. You want some bro bro bee sticks? As, as Kaylee backs up, she trips over the chair. Ow! Oh! 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 Again! <laughs> so if she doesn't want any of that stuff, I mean, is it like fair game? Yeah, yeah. Here, oh, oh, yeah. Well, we cut back into the med bay. So yeah. Anyone who's infected, I have to just cut off their balls. What what if it's a a female individual and it's infected? Uh, They're super screwed. (laughs) Interesting. I'm sorry, doctor. What book are you getting this from? Uh, I'm a doctor. And And this is the first time I'm questioning your methods. (laughs) And you shouldn't, because I am a very intelligent person. How many people are there in the world walking around with no balls because of this? Well, this is the first time I've seen this particular parasite. Yes. But it being attached to the testicles. It just seems highly um, can, can irreversible. I just, <laughs> can I just pluck it off? Excuse me. Can no. Just, how would you fix it? Can we hmm. just pluck it off? No. Well, yeah. Pluck off your balls, yes. No, the parasite. Can I just, like, 
slice it open and pluck it off. Isn't there like a body wash we can rub? You guys gonna fucking know what? (laughs) See what happens? Well, if I'm gonna lose my testicles, we're never gonna have another chance. We bring in new crew members. And we bring in. And this. you know what? Maybe we can make it on the intra universe network of. On what planet have I ever said that having sex in public is on my bucket list? Who said we have to have sex in public? This We're is just going to record it. Place. And then put it on Unihub. This is turning into a really sick soap opera, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. Perfect. That's what Finally, I wanted all along. This is where your boundary is? Captain, I would go find those two newbies because I feel like maybe they have something to do with this. I have to go cut off some balls. We, and you we must, cannot have sex. We're going to discuss this further. All right, fine. I'm going to my phone. Good luck procreating. Mm. So we cut back to the outside where the uh, newbies and Jane are talking. So there's one thing that you got to know about Jane Cobb is he loves his balls. There's nothing. I mean, I know it sounds That's weird. That's apropos of nothing. Well, were we talking yeah. about? Jane. Related yeah, to that? We, we weren't talking Sorry. about Jane, ball, ball talk ball. again. Seriously? Uh, well, I... Get, Seriously, get to talking about a subject can't stop. You know how it is. Sorry. Right. <clears throat> so, have a beautiful glow. Well, I mean, not even really trying. We see that uh, Jane's testicles are twice the size of his brain. That's why I love it so much. I, and that's normal. Kaylee, what are you doing on the floor? Uh, I fell. <laughs> okay, that's the first step identifying the problem. Second step is getting up. Let me help you. Oh, thanks. Did one of these uh, unkind glowing men have anything to do with this? Oh, I don't think so. There there was a chair, and I was looking for you, and they were trying to give me food, but I didn't want any. Anyway, I'm glad I found you. Hey, do you want some chicken? Mm. I don't need anything. Uh, you want Cap- chicken? With chicken in it. Cap- oh, we, should, we should go to the engine room and, and, and ha- uh, have a discussion. Oh, more public sex. Oh. No, oh. no. Cap and I aren't like that. <laughs> never like that. I mean, so you're saying you would never? If it's Kaylee, I think of you as my sister. Oh, okay, right. I just want to make sure it wasn't the other thing that I'm not. Pre- I think I'm I'm all right looking, and Ara says I'm you know pretty. Great. Now is the time with glowing people on board. So we wanted to have a baby, not wanting to have a baby. You want to talk about self-esteem issues? I just want to go to the engine room. You're a fine-looking woman, Kaylee. Hmm. Okay, I'll meet you in the engine room. Yeah. Come soon, please. Why don't we walk together? You can tell me on the way. Cut to outside the med bay. (laughs) Doctor? Yeah? I just need to hear from your mouth that this is the only option. As far as I can see. I'm taking my husband's ball removal very seriously. Well, I would too. It seems like you're not. Being uh, very, being very flippant well, about it. Honestly, I've never done this before, and I've always wanted to. I love <laughs> hearing that. But despite that, I want to also be the best doctor I can. So I have been looking into other things. But this parasite's tendrils are all up in there. Can we cut it out? He would have maybe twenty percent chance of having kids again. Twenty percent chance is. That's really low. Not zero. <laughs> yeah. Doctor, I like to play with odds, okay? I prefer that. All right. I will go tell my husband that I've put his life on the line. Okay. Here, inject him with this so he falls asleep so I don't have to do it. Sounds good. Okay. 
We cut to the engine room. Oh, okay. So, Cap, I um, found that like some of our parts were were just missing that are like important for the engine. And so then I was, you know, went looking around where they could be, where they could be, and then I was kind of hungry and I wanted to get a snack. And then I found in the mess hall that they were like welded together to make like a blending machine. That damn Mimos chicken. Yeah, I think our new, you know, crew members or whatever. As much as I love meeting new people, I don't think they're good people, Cap. I don't think they are. If they would, rec- if they would risk the safety of our crew for this. We're right here. Oh, hi. Fuck. How did you how did you let them sneak up on us? I feel a lot of blame, Cap. I'm just trying to fix the engine. I'm just the mechanic. Mm-hmm. You're the mm-hmm. You also let are, them sneak up on us? Are you guys going to do this or what? Yeah, come on. Oh, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he draws a gun. Hey, hey. Wait, wait, whoa. Why did you cannibalize the engine and make really really bad food from the results? Oh man, come on! This was good chicken. Meemaw's chicken was that your Meemaw or someone else's Meemaw? Just called Meemaw's chicken. Are just, you just called Meemaw? Are you supposed to always glow after you eat it? That seems like a not a good thing. Maybe you build up a tolerance to it. So anyway, I'm pretty mad at you because you broke my ship, my engine. Oh, I'm sorry. You want a uh, cousin cupcake? <laughs> Those are my favorite. Cobs of Cupcakes are really good, but no, thank you. What I want you to do is I'm going to hold your friend here. You're going to go to the mess hall, get the parts, bring them back, disassemble them after you clean them because we don't want Ah. Kaylee to get E. coli Ah. from your whatever Ah. chicken substitute that you used, Ah. and you're going to give her those parts. Can't take the blender away. I'm halfway through a, a nephew soup. I will take that blender away. That is my engine. I would count to three, but I, I don't have that kind of patience. So, gonna move cut on. Back to the med bay. Ah, <coughs> you're looking pretty pretty rough. So, uh, talk to Doc, and uh, we had a really nice conversation. And we're gonna have sex now. And uh, nope, that is off the table. Or it's on the table. table. What's on the table Uh, is uh, we're going to do something that is a little more experimental, but keeps the balls for future reference, future times. And I'm just going to... This seems risky. While we're talking about this, I'm just sliding this uh, little shot into your neck right now. Uh, I love you so much. You're going to come out at the end of this. You have a 20% chance of living. Love you. We uh, enter into Wash's uh, drug-induced dream of... Having a baby with his wife. Everything is orange. Yo, you're back. Wow. They're trying to take my balls. I want my I balls. Gotta have this baby that's inside you, Walsh. He's surrounded in a thunderdome of babies. <laughs> He's riding on a dinosaur. Harsh. It ain't you who needs to get someone pregnant. It's you, he am preggers. There's so many babies, they're terrifying. He looks to his left and there's the two newbies eating popcorn and watching the whole thing. Marsh, Marsh, these are all your babies. No, there's too many. I know, I changed my, I know I don't want any babies. Too late. No. Shoot a war, rubber. I don't, what? You gonna birth? Yeah, you're gonna birth. And with that scream, the Thunderdome collapses and the babies all fall towards him. All of a sudden, he then shows up on a, on a doctor's table with his legs spread, ready to crown. <laughs> Zoe, Zoe's there, coaxing him. 
Maybe you can do <laughs> You are five centimeters dilated. You just gotta get it out. <laughs> push, push. Do not scream like a little. Give me. <laughs> do not scream. Yeah, do this. It's a baby parasite. It's a baby parasite. Oh, what would you parasite. call him? Parasite. <laughs> Malcolm Reynolds. Makes a hissing sound. No! <laughs> and he wakes up in the med bay. Oh, doctor! What do we do? Uh, what do we do? Uh, put it back out again. <laughs> so I had changed my mind. <laughs> so I got most of his balls off. I never said I'd keep all of them. Doctor, thank you. You're so welcome. Also, do you want to keep the parasite? I kind of no. want it. No! Okay, good. <laughs> oh! What the... F- uh, what was that? Uh, Zoe? Hey, welcome bad back dream. to the no. world of the living. Welcome back. Uh, did you take... Did you... Oh my... Oh, they're still there. Yeah, sort of. of <laughs> I put some prosthetics in. You so, have enough to shoot a couple... Zoe, I don't want any kids. I don't want kids ever. Really? Yeah. I don't... What? No kids. It, they're terrifying. Our- all our conversations. Well, the, I didn't realize how terrifying they are. Brings us back to square one, I suppose. But we can still have sex. That's fine. That was all I ever asked for. Well, with a 20% good. chance, uh, I think you're pretty good at having sex and not getting pregnant. Doctor, have yes. you been watching us? No. We've been watching you. We have. Oh. That's fine. You two can watch. Doctor, no more watching. Ooh, we can watch. We can watch. Yeah. So he grabs a knife off the surgical tray and starts hey. walking towards the door. Mom, no. <laughs> no. Mom, no. No, Mom. I'm sorry. Mom, no. Mom, no. Why, why are you wandering recklessly through our ship still? Why are you not curious that we just called you Mom? I'm, I'm going to let that just become part of my subconscious and let it sit uh, there. Zoe, d- is there something you're not telling me about time previous to ours? Was there something that happened Dad, in the military? Yeah. Not previous, Dad. What? I have kids? We wanted to come visit you. It's very popular to, to sightsee at your own birth. I feel like I would have remembered giving birth to two such ugly... <laughs> yeah, you ugly. would have. You would have. In the future. What? Time Guess what? Whoa, the two parasites that were in my jar just disappeared. Oh, Are no. you the parasites? We did something wrong. Shit. Quick. Oh. They seem to be. We cut back to the mess hall where the so-called blender has started to glow on its own. It's emitting a roaring sound. It's not just a blender; it's also a time machine. Damn it! Damn it! Not yet! Not yet! Too soon! Too soon! We didn't get to see it! No! <laughs> if we didn't see the consummation, then what's the point? What? Is, ah, we need to get them to fuck. As the two strangers walk towards the mess room, a magnetic force pulls them, and they begin running against their own wheel. Ah, no! 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 As they enter the room, they are suddenly yanked from their feet and sucked into the no! input just as they get sucked in, Jane Cobb walks in, holding a, a cassette tape that gets sucked in out also and goes in the portal with them. Oh, go ram it. The time machine starts spinning, much like a wagon wheel, and exits the room of the ship. 
as it spins, uh, it glows harder. <laughs> it glows so hard. It's a bright blue, and then a bright orange, and then much, a bright yellow. Much like an anvil of the gods. <laughs> the power from the ship starts draining as this thing is getting brighter. Jane picks up a common butter knife and starts jabbing the machine and finally hits the power source. It stops glowing. And so does he. That's right. (laughs) That was easy. We cut back to the med room. So uh, can we now? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You just got out of surgery. You cannot have intercourse for at least three weeks. There's other things we can do. We can listen to the doctor on this one. Wash, Wash suddenly realizes that none of this was necessary as he stops glowing also. What the? I'm not... Gl- you took my balls for no reason! For his own pleasure. Well, that's not true. I don't know anything about time travel, so I could have... I, there's no way I could have seen this coming. Great. Now I can't have kids because you felt like removing my balls. Ooh, 20, 20%, 20% chance, chance, honey. 20% chance. And Those are terrible the, odds. That's 20% chance of the good ones. Who I didn't do a sperm count, but I'm sure there's some bad ones in there. You know what? I demand you give me one of your testicles. Sounds like a oh, fair trade. I have this, some bad news. Uh, uh, this is an odd time to to come into the med bay. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, anyway, Wash, I just wanted to tell you that um, I fixed it. I bypassed the uh, wiry ball and then uh, plugged into the icy metal box area. I th- cool. You, that's awesome. So we're all ready to go. <laughs> hi, hi, Simon. We hey, we cut to we cut to a womb-like ship where the two parasites plug in the cassette tape that they that came along with them. I guess this is all we have to consolation prize. In the name of love. Wow! It's like, it's like listening to fucking. This will do. So that's just like Firefly, right? Yeah, exactly. Exact replica. That was actually the unplanned final episode that Josh Whedon just did not get to. Spoilers. We basically just did The Force Awakens. And that's our show. Thank you to the cast of uh, Firefly, the continuation unscripted. The improvised continuation. That's it. Thank you to Brian Smallbeck and Michael Blomberg and Peter Gilbert and Matt Kelly and Amy Nesker-Banks, and Lizzie Gardner, and Elliot Stevenson, and also to Sophie Broussard and Emily Townswick, who couldn't make it. Uh, you can see Firefly, the improvised continuation, I got it, yeah. uh, at Huge Theater on Huge Saturdays at 10.30 through the month of February, um, with the exception of January 30th, which is Huge's fifth year anniversary party. Please check out at hugetheater.com for more information. And Huge is at 3037 Lindale Avenue South. Philip, what's going on with you? 
Well, you can see me at Huge Theater on Fridays. Uh, I'm in one of the groups doing the throwback night. Yeah, you are. Uh, 8 o'clock Fridays, January and February. It's part of a great lineup that includes, starts with Nimblicity's Happy Hour. Yeah. Then Throwback Night, which is uh, our group, Laronde, also Deconstruction and Close Quarters. Then mm-hmm. License to Krill. And then All Alone, which is three solo really improvisers. Cool. Who, do you know who's playing? There's a there's like a rotating cast, sure. I found out. So right. it it's, uh, varies a little bit. Uh, night tonight, and then this month's local music scene uh, presents is uh, Graham Simons. Hmm. I don't a, know Graham Simons. He's a regular at the open mic at the Chatterbox that I that I host. And, okay, uh, just real great. Uh, he's got the song Santa Fe that I really love, and he's getting a guy to play mandolin with him. Nice. So it's a little bit folky. It's real cool. Well, that's that's great. Um, I don't have any performances coming up, but. The, one of the groups that I coach, uh, Mixed Messages, has a huge Wednesdays run coming up in February and April, taking a break in March for uh, Troika. So you should come out and see that group. They're a whole lot of fun, and we'll see what happens when you put 10 people on stage at Huge. You should always uh, get in touch with us. Yeah. You can email us at nextsetbatpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on facebook.com slash nextsetbat. And, of course, check us and other amazing podcasts out on noisepicnic.com. Go to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. Rate and review us and let us know what you think. Tune in next week when we're going to have Wonderful Wonderful on our show. And uh, they are both wonderful and wonderful. But until then, as always, go back in time and watch your parents. Fuck. Fuck.